This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real Estate Agents, I trust.com. The Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. You are the best and brightest. It is the Friday edition. I am here equipped to give you one. Excelsior. Welcome back, radio family, partners, friends. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. It is a Friday, which Sebastian and I agree is potentially, uh, at least at a certain time in life, the most delightfully poisonous, naughty night of the week. Uh, but then, you know, something happens. Life. And, and then Friday night is mostly defined as you get to sleep late on Saturday morning. I mean, if such is your inclination. Blaze Radio Network, number 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393 via Twitter. J underscore Severin. Now, here are your Friday political headlines or developments. Yesterday, Clinton... Bill, sorry, Bill, 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 Bill Clinton, did you see this video? Was protested and hammered by his own posse. Bill Clinton uh, sets up as a surrogate to speak for Hillary. And by Bill, I mean, for those of you not familiar with him, uh, I mean Bill the first ever elected president of the United States in American history to be impeached. Impeached. Bill Clinton. That's the Bill Clinton, I mean. In case there's any confusion about that. That's the Clinton, I mean. Uh, He shows up, he gives a speech, and now what's uh, very in vogue on the left is to attack at least Bill, impeached Clinton, and it seems to me they must know they're attacking Hillary at the same time. They must know at the same time they can't go after Bill, impeached, without going after Hillary, the tubby uh, Clinton. So we can figure that out, or will as we go along, uh, I guess, but... The uh, Black Lives Matter and other groups were there, but Black Lives Matter was, you know, is a formal group, and they were formally there as, as that group, and they were hooting 
and drowning out and screaming and booing and hissing and screaming and whistling and uh, making life hell for Bill impeached uh, Clinton yesterday because Clinton signed the 1994 Crime Act, which was a product of the demand of black communities to do something about the rage of, and surge of crack throughout the United States. Now, some of us are not old enough to remember this. And some of us are too white to recall it in its proper perspective because, frankly, everybody of every color did crack, but mostly crack was a scourge of the African-American community, of the of the inner city communities. And it was a scourge like, I don't use the word lightly, I mean like smallpox, I mean like the black death, no pun intended. And so black lawmakers, clergy, community activists, voters, families, people who lost everything and everyone, and the black congressional caucus, and the NAACP, and every black organization, I believe, on record in the United States petitioned Bill Clinton, Bill impeached Clinton, to do something about it. And, and Bill Clinton said, you, you pass the legislation, I'll sign it. No to Bene, it took Democrat groups to lobby for it. It took a Democrat Congress to write and pass the law. And then finally, it was Bill impeached Clinton who signed the, the law, signed the bill into law. And what resulted, of course, was in billions and billions, you know, a billion is a thousand million. So you can generally get along a, a little bit on a, on a billion dollars. This was something I believe in the range of six, seven or eight billion dollars. And, and and some of it went, a lot of it, most of it, two-thirds of it at least, went to community programs. In other words, it went to shite. It went to nothing. It means it went directly into the hands of hustlers in the black community who took it and spent it on I don't know what, but they didn't do with it what it was intended to do. So two-thirds of the money went to professional race hustlers. And then the other part was for prisons and for police. And as a result of which, more people were arrested for selling crack. And as it turns out, most of the people doing crack and selling crack were in minority communities. As a result, the people in jail then, and even still for crack, are mostly minority. And the Clintons, impeached, said at the time, you know, these young people on crack are predators. They are, they are, they are getting, as Bill Clinton said yesterday, hopped up on crack and going out and gunning down in the street other young African-American kids. You know, so the right thing to do is to do something about it. Well, it resulted, this long preface, resulted in a lot of young black men in prison which is what all of the black organizations said they wanted. 
They didn't come to Clinton and say, please put more young black men in prison. They came to Clinton impeached and said, uh, you know, punish this, stop this. This is killing us. And so the Democrat Congress did. And the Democrat president impeached, signed it. And now he gets up to speak. And I don't know whether this will follow him, but yesterday he couldn't open his mouth. And, and he tried to make the argument, hey, Black Lives Matter means what? Black Lives Matter means what? And, and he said, you know, you're out there and you're saying Black Lives Matter, but you're defending the very people who took the lives of the lives you say are so precious. What we did was try to stop and punish, you know, the crack dealers and the murderers and you know, all of that. Now, I'm in a very uncomfortable position here of sounding as though I'm flirting with a position that sounds vaguely like it's defending Bill impeached Clinton. But I'm not, and I won't. And the the frank truth is that when I saw Bill impeached Clinton getting hounded out of town by his own posse yesterday, it gave me joy. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust, dot com. This is... Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Friday edition, one 3393 Second big, we could call it a rumor. We could call it a current school of thought. The name now being talked up as the newest GOP insider dream boy that the establishmentarians are going to try to replace everybody with is Scott Walker, governor of Wisconsin. Now, again, as we've discussed, we know this already, and I'm not going to go into it again, trust me, but we we know that for the RNC, this is to some degree a matter of risk assessment. They're already willing to tell you to your face to go screw they're already willing to tell their, maybe not you, but their voters. And that's, I think that's you and me in this audience. They've already announced, you know, they're openly talking about this. So they have no problem. I think it's a public relations disaster, which is unnecessary. But, but they're not paying me. Uh, and it shows. So they're already admitting that they're willing to do something which is totally immoral to stop Trump and Cruz. If they're willing to say that, you say, well, they must be willing to do anything. Well, maybe to a degree. 
They're not totally insane. They know they need all of these voters. They know that if you like Trump or Cruz, they know they need you. They know they need you later. They need your vote. They don't care about anything else. They just want your vote. And somehow they think that they could still pervert this process grossly and still keep your vote. Okay, let's presume for the moment that that's true, that they can get away with that and do that. Okay, that means they are still balancing this as a risk analysis. How far can we go? Our first signal about this will be next week when they uh, either change the rules or they don't. And when they adapt the rules for, uh, I'm sorry, adopt the rules for the convention, then we'll we'll get a big idea about that. If they change Rule 40B that says you have to win eight states in order to be eligible for the nomination, why would they change that? Answer, to put in their own person, John Kasich or somebody else. There is no other reason in the world that you would change Rule 40B. So we will have early indications. But right now, the guy they're talking up as the Republican dream boy is Scott Walker. And you see, Scott Walker did run. So the only thing that, that this can suggest to us is, is that the RNC is thinking, all right, all right, <clears throat> maybe they'll let us get away with perverting the entire democratic process and putting in our own candidate, if that candidate is someone they like, maybe they'll forgive and forget. Maybe if it's someone who has run, maybe then they won't be as angry if it's someone who hasn't run. You know, like Paul Ryan or Mitt Romney, because I think if you haven't run this time, it means you haven't run. Could be that. Could be that. I don't know. Do you think they're slicing it that thin? Do you think they're that sensitive? Do you think Scott Walker may be the answer? Because, see, Scott Walker ran. He ran and lost. I like him. I like him a lot. But he ran and lost. I'm still wondering. I'm still waiting to be disarmed by the Republican National Committee of the question on which I ask on your behalf as well as mine. How dare you pervert The democratic process of our votes, our money, our time, our blood, sweat, and tears in these primaries, caring, voting, supporting these people, and then you chop us off at the knees in violent fashion and you install someone who didn't run or who who ran and lost. Yet, Scott Walker is the latest dream boy. Next headline, uh, 1-888-900-3393. That number, by the way, is for questions, criticisms, complaints, other bon mot, as you may feel appropriate contributions to today's show. And I do criticize, uh, I mean it when I say criticize, most welcome. Uh, Okay, next headline, school of thought. There is today vigorous speculation throughout the media about the various possibilities as to what are called unbound delegates. Have you yet heard one of these stories? Now, again, it could end up 
that they w- there'll be no such thing as unbound delegates. Unbound delegates would be someone who can vote. They, they're free agents. They show up at the convention. They could vote for anybody, including on the first ballot, anybody they want, which means they are subject to getting bags full of money from different campaigns and, and other things. But, of course, the RNC, when they meet and, and adopt rules, they could change all of that. Because right now, you have to remember, what's the rule? What's the rule? There are no rules. That's the rule. I'll let you know when there are rules. Right now, there are no rules. And I, why do I say that every day recently? Because I don't know that enough of us really grasp it yet. I'm not sure I grasp it. It, it's, it, 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 is, it defies grasp. What do you mean there are no rules? There are no rules. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, you, there are no rules beyond the first ballot. Uh-uh. There is no first ballot rule. There are no rules. If before God and man, someone had to produce at this moment a piece of paper on which paper was written the rules of the 2016 Republican National Convention, it would be a blank piece of paper because there are no rules. Now, if you were in the business of predicting you would say, hmm, let me look into the future. There are going to be rules, says Guru Jay. Oh, holy cow, as I look into the future, there will be rules. Good one. Tough one. There will be rules. Yes, there will. And many of those rules will look familiar. Yes, they will. They, that's another tough one. Yeah, they will look familiar. They'll look, in fact, they'll be. Probably many of the same rules as uh, 2012, but nobody knows. And they only need to change a couple. I can think of two. If they invalidate 40B, meaning someone's name can be placed into nomination and that nomination can be given them without having one in eight separate states. If they change just that, And if they were to add to it, or not, but imagine if they were to add to that change, there is no first delegate, I'm sorry, no first ballot delegate duty. Everybody arrives as a free agent. From the moment they bang the gavel, everybody is a free agent, including on the first ballot. This this thing will be either a riot or a different kind of riot, but it's going to be riotous one way or the other. So this weekend in Colorado, they will be working on their rules for how many unbound delegates they're sending to the convention. But whatever Colorado intends to do, again, there are no rules. So you're you're going to hear tomorrow night and Sunday And Monday morning, Colorado is sending 25 or 30 unbound delegates free to do as they wish on the first ballot. And they could make the whole difference. They could if Colorado authority trumped RNC authority. 
that the convention ain't in Colorado. What are they going to do? Send Colorado state troopers to Ohio to enforce Colorado law? This really does come down to this, you know. In some states, they say, hey, we're sending our delegation to the convention, and we're going to tell them you must do this on the first ballot. You must do this on the second ballot. Or you could do anything you want once you get there. Well, you know what? Those statutes are unenforceable. Are you going to send, are there going to be state troopers from 22 different states trying to break through the door, shooting back and forth at Ohio state troopers, you know, trying to enforce various state laws? The RNC rules, and there are none. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. You are my partners. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Karen from Los Angeles. Welcome. Hi, um, Jay. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for calling. Yes, uh, you may or may not remember me, but I was the one that uh, uh, did the Eminem theory at Thanksgiving. Yeah, Back yes. in the- <laughs> Who could forget? Yes, of okay, course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm calling in regards to uh, your first uh, 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 talk about uh, uh, President, former President Clinton regarding Black Lives Matter. Now, as you know, yes. I'm African-American, conservatarian, I'm registered Republican yes. in Reagan country. Yep. We used yep. to be California because that's the only time you get to vote in the primary. That's it because right. you can't be an independent. Um. I heard that yesterday. I saw that, and I was astonished. I was amazed because it looked like he had another. What it, remember that sister soldier thing? Oh, you know, thank you. Bless when, you. That's that. You 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 uh, you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. It must have been while you were kissing me. I mean that that that's. I've wondered since yesterday: is this his sister soldier moment? Was this intentional? Like with the yeah. video you and I saw last night, is that something that Bill Clinton went back to his hotel room and he got a phone call from Hillary and all you heard was, <laughs> you know, no. or did or did she say, well done, you fat slob, you know, I mean, because he may have manufactured that moment. Uh-huh. You know, he may be way ahead of them. The Clintons have done this in their history. Yeah. They are brilliant. And he may yeah. have manufactured, he may have gone to that stage knowing he was going to encounter a sister soldier moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, for those who are not around or not paying attention, the sister soldier moment to which Karen most astutely refers is a moment in the 88 campaign? Um, I think so. Wait a minute. When did he um, might have run been more at 90, recent, but 90, I think 90, it was, 92? He was already in. He was already in. I think. Well, it was, it was Jesse Jack Jesse Jackson was was running still. That's why I think okay, it was then, 88. Okay, yeah, or then it was 88. I don't know. But Sister Soldier yeah. was a black performer who, you know, had signed on to some particularly virulent stuff that right. was seemed she, to be 
Yeah, yeah. If if I may, I uh, I do recall I you know came of age in the eighties under Reagan, so I remember. Right. So I'm sorry for those who haven't. That's right. Just let me finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm story. just saying. Uh, so, yeah, of course. So just soldier, context. She you know, was signed uh, on to some stuff that was seen as yeah. pretty virulently racist, anti-white, you know, stuff, and um and now and and she was involved with 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 uh, the Democrat campaign. She was like like promoting Democrat candidates. And so there was a school of thought that said somebody better go out there and say, you know, we're we're with African Americans, but we're not with that, you know. We're not down with that. And so Clinton by all I think intelligent accounts picked a fight with her on purpose and went out there and you know and said uh what was it in I think it was in front of Jesse Jackson. He dissed Sister Soldier and and it and it caused a blow up with Jackson, which everyone said brilliant. It's just what the Clintons wanted. You know, they wanted to distance themselves from her without distancing themselves from the black community. Now, you know, maybe it did it, maybe it didn't, et cetera, et cetera. But that's that's Karen's and my reference to the sister soldier moment. The question is, Karen, whether he did that last night, because he very rarely gets taken advantage of. Right. So, I mean, did 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 he not know that what happened last night and was unprepared for it? And he went back to the hotel room and wept or did he go back to the hotel room and pop a champagne cork and an intern you know, and say, this is this is great. This is just what I wanted. Um, I think that um, I, I, I've always called him William the Zipper. So there you have it. But uh, I think that he went back to his suite. And um, I think he was always prepping for this moment. I think because remember, no matter what you think about William, he, he's a smart man. He's very politically astute. You know what I'm saying? And so like a lot more so than his wife ever was, because she's quite frankly, look, my mom could beat her. Yeah, she's, she's, if she were running she for is, president. I, no, no, she is. I, we don't need to go into that right now. He right, is a political true. savant. She yeah, is she not. She knows, but she's not a politician. Yeah. So, I mean, she doesn't know how to do the shoe leather kind of thing. She, that's yeah. not her thing. So basically, yeah, I think he was prepping for this. He was waiting for it, and somebody served it up to him, and he just, like, hit it out the ballpark. I mean, but it depends. See, the, the, the kids that are out there that are doing this, um, I'm like, okay, uh, they were not – they don't know who Sister Soldier is because the majority no. of them weren't born yet. You know, they would, and they Clinton don't know were the crack either. Right, and they don't <laughs> know that either. And it was really, really – I mean, it was really, really a bad – situation nationwide it didn't matter what um you know what the um economic status of uh, african americans i mean if if I, you know if you were blessed not to have or know anybody either in your family or you know know of friends of a friend of a friend you know that were plagued by this thing it, it was really Look, a terrible it was time. The, it knew no color, but it did coincidentally because of the following fact of physics. It affected the poor. You know, quote, our community. Yeah. So it affected I think, the poor, therefore the yeah. cities, 
therefore the inner city communities, therefore a disproportionate mm-hmm. impact on mm-hmm. minorities. Right. And so yeah. there's no, you know, you could tiptoe yeah. around that as much as you want. I mean, you, yeah. one can, but there's right. no sense doing that because the truth is the truth. Right. And so, you know, the, I don't think that, you know, anybody, you know, is going to go, at least on the left-hand side, is going to go and, you know, do the required research because they don't do homework. They just, you know, drink the Kool-Aid and yeah. they'll, yeah. you know, and th- well, Karen, that's you, another thing. You Have believed you seen- it was... You believed it was intentional. I thank you for the call and the contribution. That's a very important question. It's going to become more important in the hours and days ahead because last night is not likely to occur once. Bill Clinton is going impeached, is going to be out on the impeached, is going to be impeached, is going to be out on the uh, I'm acquiring Trump Tourette syndrome. Nipple, ball. The Chinese trade deficit impeached. Bill Clinton's going to be out there on the campaign trail. And this is not a first or last time phenomenon. Um, Can I sneak this in? I've been dying to ask this. And I, I, I know you probably want to talk strict politics. But I don't know if you know what I'm talking about in this next one. And it's not a matter of IQ, political IQ. It's a matter of whether you live in a market where this is being shown on television. I think the two most shown commercials on cable television in my lifetime, no, in the last year, are the weight shakers there with Marie Osmond, which I just want to say again, is my favorite television. I hope it's on. I hope they triple the buy on that spot. I can't see Marie often enough. I re- I get things thrown at me by my child bride because I, I do have a Tourette's-like response. Every time she says, I'm Marie, and I lost 50 pounds, I say, you certainly did. You certainly did something. In any case, uh, the Marie ad, I am all for it. Triple the buy is my recommendation to the agency. Uh, However, the other commercial which runs more than any other of my lifetime is MyPillow.com. Anybody seen MyPillow.com? This dork clutching his pillow? Maybe he's not a dork, but... He looks pretty dorky, and he's got his pillow, and it's MyPillow.com. And I have seen it so many bloody times that I can easily verbatim quote the copy to you. And if, if you live in a market where this spot is playing, you're probably wincing right now. Like, I have to hear it from this guy now, too? But... I don't know, need I remind you that MyPillow.com is rated number one. Think of this now, because this is what reminded me of it last night. I thought I was watching, I thought they had cut back into programming and I was watching a new poll. See, MyPillow is rated number one, they claim, they claim, by the National Sleep Foundation. MyPillow.com is rated number one by the National Sleep Foundation. 
Okay, forgive me. I have just a couple of questions, if I may. What is the National Sleep Foundation? When did it come into being? Who sits on the board? Names, please. Bios. How old is it? Also, who came in second? If MyPillow.com is rated number one by the National Sleep Foundation, who's rated number two and three and four and five? How many years has this vote been taken? Is this a caucus or a primary? Is this an open or closed vote? And why, why did it take Dork Man 10 years to develop a cloth sack with cut-up pieces of foam rubber in it. Just wondering. Come on. It's Friday. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, BM, which I'm going to say right now, I believe does not stand for bowel movement. BM writes to me and says, Jay, you have a habit of talking over your callers. Uh, Annoying. Uh, Bowel movement, I want you to know that's not something I do on purpose. I conduct myself here the way I would at your, if we were together having a drink. You know, uh, but the difference is there's not a delay unless we have a lot of drinks. Then there is a, de- a delay, a natural delay. But there is a uh, an unnatural delay here because of our means of transmission. So I don't have the luxury of hearing you in real time. I have tried to build in, self-train. I'm still, I'm a work in progress. Uh, I, I'm trying to self-train better to wait, wait, wait a couple beats so that I'm sure you've spoken and then to speak back, but it's not instant communication like a phone call. And, and so I don't mean, and I, 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 BM raises a good point. If it seems to you that I speak over people, that is never, I mean, sometimes it is if I want to interrupt you because I don't have time I mean, you know, I, I've got tweets from yesterday criticizing me because one of the best calls we've had in a week went on for 12 minutes and someone's saying, ah, get him off, get him off. You only have two hours. Keep it moving. And then, you know, a hundred other tweets that say, you know, great call. You know, look, what can I do? All I can tell you is I am always trying to improve as a human being and as a host. And so I, when I talk over you, I do it because I must. But in general conversation, I, I don't do it on purpose and would, uh, and would not endeavor to do it. All right. Uh, we have no answers yet on MyPillow.com. Uh, I, I'm going to uh, – uh, I have one other Friday-like question, but I'm going to wait. We have partners on the phone. Ed from California. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Ed. Enjoy your show. Um, I want to talk about Bill Clinton, what he said last night. Um, 
uh, when he went through uh, uh, with the black protesters. You know, and I was, you know, I'm not a Bill Clinton supporter, but this morning he backtracked almost the entire thing. Oh, it was, just, it was just crazy. He said, "He said I almost feel the need to. I have to apologize. We have to get along, and just backtrack the entire thing." And I'm just wondering how long Hillary was screaming at him on the phone because she knows how important those voters are to her. And I'm assuming they were in different cities because otherwise, she was beating the living snot out of his head every time she complained. You. Bastard, shut your mouth! You know. <laughs> so, I was actually proud. Of I, I bet he hopes it was long distance. It, 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 then he backtracked, almost backtracked the whole thing. Uh, I just defended my wife. And right. I didn't think well, you had heard that yet. You know, from the no, way I, the I, I, I didn't going, catch I that. Didn't I, and I, that. my, forgive me, I did not know that, and. Uh, I would only say, and this does not mitigate my guilt in not knowing it, but uh, I would opine thusly, it could be that he still intended to do it last night. But maybe he overdid it, or maybe he did exactly what he intended to do, but now this is part of the trick. This is where he does this, and then he goes on and says, hey, I want to make sure I didn't offend anybody. That way he still gets to deliver the message, but... You know, he gets to say to an audience that's very closely picked, selected, hey, don't worry, though. I meant no offense. Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. I have an announcement. (coughs) Pardon me. I've gotten choked up about this. Marie Osmond to merge with MyPillow.com. New company to be known as Two Really Impressive Pillows. Very toss. Welcome back, best and brightest. My broadcast partners, my radio family. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network, on a Friday. Now we're getting to it. Friday edition, one 3393 Remember the old Friday editions where, <clears throat> uh, during which I might at any moment make a career-ending comment? And you don't want to miss that. I kind of miss those old days. So here we are again, just just flirting with, you know, other territories. But if I didn't wonder about MyPillow.com, if I didn't have legitimate questions about the National Sleep Foundation, I think I'm sitting on a Pulitzer here, okay? I've got, I mean, there's, if, if, if Spotlight, was nominated for an Oscar. Did it win? It may have won. But, you know, Spotlight was nominated for an Oscar. 
if that kind of investigative journalism is still in vogue, then I think I may be onto a Pulitzer here with this National Sleep Foundation business. If not, I would much rather investigate Marie Osmond. I don't know that she's done anything wrong, but just the opportunity to depose her would be enough for me. My dear friend, our dear friend, and I can't do it, Lana, so I have to say Lana from Colorado is back on the phone. Welcome, Lana from Colorado. I just haven't had anything brilliant or dazzling to say about the current politics. And when you came up with something crazy, oh, go on. I thought, oh, I got an excuse to call. <laughs> so you see, uh, you see the mypillow.com spots. I have seen it. I purchased uh, a set of my pillows. No, you didn't. I returned. You did. Yes. You returned um, them. Yes, they are lumpy. Now they're not lumpy like bad foam pillows are. They they are they hold they do provide the support. They hold their shape and so on. But when you put your hand on them and feel them, you can feel the lumps. And well, I now have... so far, so far, this is also absolutely true, word for word, of Marie Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I have some Marie Osmond dolls, so I'm not going to be. I'm not going to go on that. You know, the dolls. She has a line okay. of dolls. I have some of those. Okay, but, does she? Um, and well, I, as a woman, I'm not going to um, respond to your comment about lumps. But um, No, no, I, but I meant very good lumps, though. There are lumps and there are lumps. I figured, I figured so. Yeah, no, I'm so talking good. really good lumps here. Yeah, uh, that's no, why the merger, so my merger I, announcement of Marie Osmond and, and MyPillow.com is the new company is known as Two Really Impressive Pillows. <laughs> But I have a a, a Northern Knights, uh, a couple of down and feather. They're feather core down around them pillows. Yeah, I know and them. They are so <clears throat> much nicer than the my pillow. So much nicer. So well, anyway, I'm sorry. Just... I really didn't intend to run them down <clears throat> with this. I didn't want to make fun of them, but although I kind of did, because I still, uh, Lana, I think I'm onto a Pulitzer with this. I want questions answered, like. <clears throat> Uh, who is the National Sleep Foundation? Who sits on the board? How long has it existed? Who who came in second? Who came in second? I'm sorry? Yeah, who came in second? Probably my northern nights down in feather, feather pillows. Or else that <laughs> pillow that's made out of the stuff they make the mattresses out of. You know, the, the uh, what do they call that, that um, core... Napalm. No, I don't know. I, I, yeah. it's a very personal yeah. it's a very personal thing. Pillows are a very personal thing. And 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 Lana, it's great talking to you again. I thank you for the call. Pillows are a very grateful I'm sorry, a very personal thing. And so too is Marie Osmond. So I want to make sure we keep this, you know, on an even keel. Uh after all, and since it is Friday, yes, I will return to politics uh, momentarily. That's again up to you at one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. You know I'm only half kidding about the my pillow thing. If you've got young people in your home, and they've ever asked questions like, you should be very proud of them. If they ever ask questions like, hey, hey, Dad, my pillow rated one by the number one by National Sleep Foundation. Who's that? Who votes? Is it an open primary? Can people who don't use pillows vote in that? Or do you have to be a registered pillow user? <clears throat> what is the National Sleep Foundation? 
Who sits on the board? Do they do offshore banking? Who came in second? How many years has this vote been taken for Best Pillow? Why did it take this dork 10 years to develop a cloth bag with cut-up pieces of foam rubber in it? I mean, if you've got kids asking questions like that, you you should be fairly proud. And I would say as one father to another, if you have boy children and the Nutra Blast or whatever it is commercial comes on and you see Marie Osmond, you know, you may have a boy old enough to be thinking, whoa, whoa, when am I old enough to get one of those? I mean, I cars are great and my cell phone and my laptop are all great. My video games, I, I can't go two hours without them. But I'm beginning to see through the some kind of DNA mist here. I'm beginning to see the future. And I, I can see that where this, I might need one of these more than I need video games. Trust me, son. You have good judgment. Anyway, <clears throat> since it is Friday, and since I'm skating already on thin ice... Uh, I thought I'd let you know that in New York City, New York City has passed a local law. And so it is a law because New York City has a board of city councilors or whatever the hell it is, and they can pass laws. Now, eventually this law might well be, this or any law passed by a municipality might be challenged in a state court. And say you don't have the right to make this, you know, a law for everyone in New York State just because you're in New York City. And then it could go to federal courts, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm given to understand that New York City has just passed a law rendering the payment for sex. And they have wanted to do this for years. They have just passed a law rendering... Payment, paying for sex. And this is very important. And I don't know where this goes, but a good litigator would. And so maybe we'll get a good litigator on the show in a couple days. Because I'm not kidding. This is a fascinating question. It's a very fundamental question. Um, It truly is. New York City passed a local law rendering the payment for sex... If you pay a sex worker, now that's a quote. Now, first of all, what the hell is a sex worker? I mean, I know, I know what they are. You know what they are. But when did we, when did we, come on, seriously, grant a special legal status to hookers? I'm not, you know, I'll apologize to all the hookers I know. Uh, or, <clears throat> honey, I've known a long time ago. <clears throat> but uh, since when do they get like a, you know, a status, a, a, a litigious status, a legal status? So now they're sex workers. But the part of this that is most interesting is, it's as this law reads, you are in violation of the law if you pay a sex worker money to have sex. You are subject to a first-time offense of $2,000 fine. 
2000 bucks for, again, paying for sex with a sex worker. Okay, are you, are you seeing what I'm driving at here? What's missing here? What's overstated in this law or unclearly stated? Suppose I pay someone for sex who is not a sex worker. What defines a sex worker? Truly. No, I'm serious. I'm deadly serious here. What defines a sex worker? If police observe you pulling over at the foot of the Lincoln Tunnel or the bridge or some neighborhood and, you know, they observe you, film you, and someone in hot pants, you know, gets into your car and all that. I get, okay, okay. I get that we probably think that they're a sex worker. But how do we really establish someone is a sex worker or not? What do they get? Do they get like, do they get like membership cards? Do they get secret decoder rings? Do they get two-way wrist radios? Is there a secret handshake? Is there a membership list? Is there a hazing of any kind? Do you have to join like a sorority? What, What makes you a sex worker as opposed to not a sex worker? Okay, and by this what I really mean is, When I was a 20-year-old growing up in Manhattan, I never paid a sex worker, but I did pay hundreds of dollars in dinner and wines to someone in order to go home with me. Wait, so does that make them a sex worker? I don't think so. But does that make me hiring someone? I don't think so. But the oldest question along this line is, be careful how you define this because, you know, giving someone consideration in order to sleep with you starts to flirt with laws pertaining to marriage. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show. I am your partner on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin, 1-888-900-3393. By the way, I want to make clear, I am in no way casting aspersions on the fine product of MyPillow.com, which clearly many Americans are responding to and purchasing. I am kind of kidding though when i ask about some of these things in the copy i mean you know i think it's fair game you know i who who doesn't want to know what the national sleep foundation is i think inquiring minds want to know who sits on the board who came in second i mean i don't doubt that they make a decent pillow they may make the best pillow in the world i'm sure they do i just I'm curious. And again, I feel figure I'm sitting on a Pulitzer here, but maybe not. 
Um, David writes me a question which sears my very heart. Uh, D. Longbottom, 123. He recalls the rocking bumper music which accompanied the segments of the show every day. Do you know the last day I thought about that was this morning? And you know the last day before today I probably thought about it was yesterday? I I don't expect anyone to... uh, yeah, I'm not putting this, I'm not forwarding this as a, as a serious theory, but it's okay, you know, if you're a music lover as I am, uh, or someone who p- pretends to know about radio and performance as I do. But I believe my show, this show, would be 30% more entertaining if I could play music, real music, uh, in uh, in the bumpers. Because it energizes of the hundreds of thousands of listeners I have served over the years and and me, it jacks up the energy. It certainly jacks me up. I mean, because the narcotics are discouraged, as I understand it, in the studio. So I had always relied on a lot of Good cold water and fruity Gatorade. Not fruity, perhaps, but you know what I mean. Uh, uh, you know, uh, punch Gatorade and rockin', rockin' bumper music. I thought of it yesterday because NPR did a special on James Brown, and I had several James Brown. Man, if I jack you with 30 seconds of James Brown before you hear me, I'm going to sound good. I'm going to sound better. But... David, the answer is, I have been told that the rules of cable are such that we're not allowed. Now, I don't know why this was allowed in broadcast terrestrial radio, which it was, because I I played, uh, you know, we were limited. We couldn't play five minutes of the stuff. But I had a list of the 250 rockinest bumper beds in the history of radio. And I ain't kidding. Uh, that I played in my show, and everyone loved them. And uh, I'm not allowed to play them anymore because I'm told that on internet you can't play them. Terrestrial radio, I, you can play them without fee or problem or violation, but on the web you can't. Anyway, that's what I've been consistently told. And believe me, I have appealed this to every internal court there is. And if we could do it, we'd be doing it. And if I can ever do it, I'll do it. I miss it. I love that you miss it. And that's all. That's it. That's all all I can do is tell you the truth. Dara says if they charge for sex specifically then they're a sex worker. That's Dara's definition. I would say that we need to be very careful about this definition because in the law, you know, it's it's a little dicey. I mean, so did you, would you have gone home with him if he had taken you to Nadix on the corner of 86th and 3rd, 86th and Lexington? Is it 3rd or Lexington? 
if he had taken you to Natick's for an Orange Julius and a hot dog, would you have gone home with him? No. If he took you to Nobu and bought you a $200 dinner and a $300 bottle of champagne and then brought you to a club, would then you have gone home with him? Probably. I see. So would you say that your decision process was influenced by the expenditure of capital? No, well, no, no, I, no, no. I ask the witness again, reminding her she is under oath. And at the same time, are you busy for dinner tonight? Anyway, uh, look, it's Friday, so that's why I mentioned it. Uh, But New York City has done that. Uh, Up to nearly $2,000 fine. If you are, if you get caught paying for sex, the, 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 the protection all along, the prophylactic, if you will, all along has been a man has never had to worry. If you go to Manhattan, look at the phone book. The thickest listing in the phone book is two inches of yellow pages, which are all escort services. Their purpose is to come to your, your hotel room or your home and to have sex with you for money. But as long as, if you're the man, you never got in trouble before. Now, pay up. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the Jay Severin Show. I'm going to tell you my curiosity remains piqued about who sits on the National Sleep Foundation board and who came in second to MyPillow.com. These are questions inquiring minds want to know. Uh, But you know what I'm going to do tonight after the show? I've talked to my child bride, and we've decided that my horseplay aside, they couldn't be advertising this much if they weren't making a good product. I mean, people are buying the pillow. If people are buying the pillow, the pillow must be good. We are ordering, well, this is my choice. We're going to have the argument, well, discussion. I'm sure it's going to bloom into a bloody argument, but we're going to have the discussion just before dinner, my child bride and I, over whether we're going to buy one my pillow or uh, invite Marie Osmond to dinner, which would be two magnificent pillows, uh, which is an alternative company. So I'm <clears throat> I'm not promoting them. I, I just, so we'll have that discussion tonight. You know what? Seriously, though. No, we decided we're going to each, we're going to order two my pillows, and try them because what would happen if I end up really liking it? Then you know what? I have to come back on the air and say, I really like this pillow. I would. Why would I do that to anybody's business if I, I mean, not that you care. I mean, we're all always, we kid about everything, but you know what? 
I have to tell you, I'm not, I haven't been real happy with my pillows recently. Um, honey, and I only mean pillows. You know. Uh, so I'll let you know. I mean it. Uh, a quick follow-up on yesterday's lead story of the Syrian, read Muslim, refugees totally un background checked in terms of security or medical or background of any kind via an executive Obama order known as an accelerated refugee surge. An accelerated refugee surge. I learned last evening there is a newer executive order And it entitles illegal immigrants in the hundreds of thousands, if not not many more, if not in the millions, to receive full welfare benefits paid for by, don't be silly, you. That is to say, by this executive order, the Syrian refugees just arriving, some of whom, I think it's fair to say, based on history and probability, the laws of history and probability, some of the Syrians of the at least 10,000, which is a floor, not a ceiling, according, that's a quote, according to Obama, that that's a floor, that's a dead cold minimum number of unvetted, unchecked, Medically, security, uh, Syrian refugees, read Muslims, that will come into this country in the next few months and over the next year. So there's that. And then there is an addition that they, and in addition to them, all illegal aliens who, by virtue of being criminals, you know, illegal, have not received the full course of welfare, the full menu of welfare available to American citizens. Well, that's no more. An Obama executive order now orders the HEW or HAM or DDS or AM and FM or LGBTQ DISH BBC, whatever the uh, national, uh, the governmental office is, to now pay to illegal aliens all forms of welfare that exist. As I say, paid for by, don't be silly, you. You want to know where Donald Trump came from? That's where Donald Trump came from. You want to know why I have a psychosis about Donald Trump? Or at least a schizophrenia, and a functioning schizophrenia about Donald Trump? That's why. Is there anyone among us who does not find him a vulgarian yet? Is there anyone among us that for a moment in our heart of hearts, 
doesn't say or hasn't said, you go, boy. You go, boy. You go, boy. Because he is, we, Obama, the left, liberals, progressives, have succeeded to such a degree They have wrecked America, the America in which we grew up, to such a degree that real Americans, yeah, there are real Americans and not real Americans. And you know what? I can tell who they are. So can you. We're just afraid to say so. My best friend, when I was 14 years old, we sat on a beach on an island off Massachusetts which doesn't need to be named at the moment, but it wasn't the vineyard. And we sat there, and my best friend said to me, you know what? See the lifeguard chair over there? If we could borrow that lifeguard chair and put it up at the border or at a checkpoint, you and me, we could could figure out who belongs here and who doesn't with a really short questionnaire And we could say, okay, you in, you in, you out. You out, you out, you out, you in, you in, you out, you in. And we were laughing because it's stupid things that 14-year-olds say, and we thought we were very clever. But you know what? I'm a little older than 14 now, and it wasn't so stupid. There really are and ought to be criteria for living in America. I only half kid around when I say Guru JC's future. I want to tell you about a story, a very short story. I didn't know if I'd get to it today, but it's it's here and I'm going to mention it. One of the great one of the great and and cosmic one of the great existential crises well, two, two of them, the two great existential crises, existential as in per our existence or not, the two great existential crises that are that have started to occur and are going to be in your mind for the rest of your life starting very soon. And they will be inescapable major influencers of the lives and the quality of lives and the length of lives and the kind of lives that your children live in the next 20, 30, 40 years. You know what they are? Food and water. And you know what's probably going to happen first? Water. There is no water. There is so little water that, would you like to hear this story? A Saudi Arabian company, and the Saudis have more money than God, whomever your God is. Saudi Arabians have purchased huge tracts of land in the state of Arizona, well, in states, including Arizona. 
They are purchasing Saudi Arabia, are purchasing huge tracts of land, of American farmland. And what they are doing is what they are doing with their farmland in Arizona. They are buying up all this land, and they are buying it specifically in and because they have found counties, counties. See, some counties don't regulate public water usage. Some counties in states, and again, we'll stick with Arizona, where this is actually happening right now, today, yesterday, tomorrow. Some counties in Arizona are looking, look look at next door in California. We don't have certain fruits and vegetables anymore because we can't get water down into the valley there to irrigate our crops. The water table has sunk and maybe disappeared in parts of the Imperial Valley in California. It is the world's single richest crescent of production of the world's richest, most succulent, most life-affirming and supporting fruits and vegetables. Nuts, berries, grapes, lettuce, cabbage, everything you could think of. And they can't grow them anymore. They're plowing under their fields because they can't get water. Arizona next door has plenty of water. But California can't afford to buy it because the price is too high. Yes, Arizona's water is for sale. And Saudi Arabia has bought huge tracts of land in Arizona on which they move in, have moved in, sunk uh, pumps into the aquifer, the most developed pumping devices ever known to man from these people who have pumped oil since oil was discovered. They have used all of their technology. They have bought huge tracts of land in Arizona. They have sunk wells into the Arizona aquifer, and they are pumping water at a rate so great that according to one report, the ground, the actual ground in some of these places has dropped two feet. Places, homes, places, roads, actual places. The, the ground has dropped two feet because they're pumping out the aquifer, the water, which is temporary. You know, it, it, sorry, not temporary. The aquifer is, is uh, exhaustible. It is finite. And the Arabs, the Saudis in this case, are pumping enormous amounts of water unregulated by the counties where they bought farms. They could pump as much as they want. The guy next door can pump like just like water is lawn. They're pumping a billion gallons of water. I'm making that number up. I don't know what the gallons are. They're pumping water. They're putting it in oil tankers that have been washed out and shipping the water back to Saudi Arabia because they need water. They're buying our water. That's what's next. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. 
So, my dear friends on the Blaze Radio Network, to jump back with whiplash here, let me say in closing on the air and water and land thing, I just think that's worth mentioning for us to think about. I'm not an environmentalist. I'm a conservationist. Teddy Roosevelt, a Republican, was the first conservationist. I'm a conservationist. I have always believed in taking care of the air, land, and water because Democrat and Republican children don't drink different water. They don't breathe different air. They don't play on different land. And we only have one. This is a great double album that God made. And as I understand it, the Beatles are broken up and dead. They're not making another. I don't think they're, they're not going to make any more of this stuff. You know what they're not going to make any more of? Water. And when we are allowing Saudi Arabia to pump years and years and years of fresh water supply out of an irreplaceable aquifer that has existed for centuries underneath the ground in various states, and again, if they weren't pumping it at this rate, it would exist for centuries. Just in the case of Arizona, an expert said, this water would exist, there'd be plenty for personal usage, for farming, for, for centuries. Just in these counties in Arizona, if they were used at the current rates. But Saudi Arabia comes in and says, you want what? No problem. And throws the money at us like, like a Las Vegas, like a cheap Las Vegas movie. They throw the petrodollars that are cheap for them at us. And they pump our fresh water dry, gone, gone forever. And then they move on to the next state who wants some petrodollars, but doesn't recognize they're going to need to drink water later. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.